terrific night for Marseille. We had the Olympico, which we were just uh, debating or discussing before we started this pod. Has this become now the biggest fixture fixture in, in, in French football? Marseille against Lyon. The rivalry is building and building and building. And last night, Marseille welcomed Rudy Garcia, their, their former coach, back to the velodrome. They gave him, as you would expect, a real earful. Um, he is now the Lyon coach. He was steadying the ship at Lyon, but... Um, it was a record crowd, over 65,000 inside the velodrome. It was very, very noisy. We had incredible tifo. The Marseille president, uh, Jacques-Henri Ayrault, warned us that we were going to see something unique in the whole of Europe. He, he built it up and it, it was quite spectacular. If you do get the chance to get onto social media and, and have a look, some of the, uh, the famous monuments, uh, Notre-Dame de la Garde was, uh, was depicted, as was the, uh, the founder of Olympique de Marseille. It was a celebration of 120 years of Marseille. OM ran out 2-1 victors. Two goals from Dimitri Payet. Moussa Dembele reduced the deficit in the second half for, for Lyon. Marseille were down to 10 men for much of the second half. Alvaro Gonzalez sent off, but they held on Armel. And uh, overall, Marseille deserved that, that three points. And by the way, three points that have taken them up to second place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they deserved the win totally. Well, first of all, it was a, a visual masterpiece, a great advert for the French game, and and it was good to, good to see Marseille finally winning a big game at home. I think it's nice to see that that brilliant crowd. It was a new uh, record attendance in the French league, and I think it's quite nice to see a, a win when when they put that five and a half years since they hadn't beaten Lyon. As well, exactly, yeah. So, Twenty fourteen, yeah. Gignac scored yeah, twice last time they won. So, and and yeah, on the performance, it was deserved. I think every single player in that Marseille eleven looked confident last night, and that's I hadn't seen that for quite a while. Even the likes of uh, Jordan Amavi was passing it around precisely and taking taking on players with confidence. Morgan Sanson, his goal last weekend looks to have revitalized him. They look in good physical shape too. They look like they had a an extra yard or two when they were running past the Lyon players. And I'm sure David Crossan will agree with me that that's perhaps because they're not playing in Europe this season that they've got <laughs> they've got that extra bit of energy. But we've been talking about how Marseille's bench hasn't been particularly strong in the past few years. Well, last night they brought Strotman off the bench to see a game out. They brought Germain off the bench. Okay, he's not going to score you a goal, but... He can hold up the ball well. He makes the runs into channels. I think, all in all, they'll be very pleased with that performance and it's promising for the year to come considering Florian Tovar has only played 20 minutes of football for them and he's probably their best player. Well, They brought, they brought Germain on for Dimitri Payet who had cramp in the 75th minute because he, he had just given a huge amount and I just want to talk about yeah, Payet. go because... back to his whole match, Matt, including his two whole days before it started. Two days before, exactly, because <laughs> he launched the hostilities, didn't he, by coming out and uh, talking about his former coach, Rudy Garcia. He obviously wanted to get a few things off his chest and he said, you know, I can't understand how this guy who apparently hated Leon and who was dissing all the Leon players, the Leon president, the Leon fans, just a few months, you know, after leaving Marseille, he's gone and offered himself to this to this football club. So he was... You know, quite clearly... Uh, it was spectacular. It quite was just, clearly on a one. Yeah. But what is impressive, I think, you know, it's it's quite gutsy to come out and and to say that before the big game because you're talking the talk, you've then got to follow it up. And he did. And he did. And I know a lot of people this morning are thinking, well, hang on, if Dimitri Payet can run like that, 
can play like that, can 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 have an influence like that on a big game. Well, you know, what's he doing every and you know most of the other weeks because. He he was absolutely tremendous but on that, Sunday. That's always been a, a part of Dimitri Payet's game, hasn't it? I mean, everyone's known for years and years and years at Saint Etienne, at, at Nantes, at, at Lille that he was an incredibly talented player that never West Ham really was fulfilled. Right, well. And then at West Ham, he had that incredible year, and I mean, it was a, a spectacular year. And then the next year, more more problems. Mm. And then at Marseille, his first his first season at Marseille was was very good. I mean, he's a He's obviously a talented player. He must feel, and I, I feel this about Dimitri Payet, about Lauren Koscielny, about a few other players. Adrian Rabiot is not quite in, in the same situation. But these players that missed out on that World Cup squad through injury, purely through injury, Payet was in the team. He would have been a World Cup winner. And that must just gut you. I mean, you must just be... Uh, he's got I mean, some gut God. on him too. Exactly. But at the same time, there. are <laughs> There are, there are players who were involved and who really struggled to, to recover from it. Adil Rami talked about having burnout. and he But he's a World Cup winner. He, no, exactly. It doesn't he matter whatever Cup, happens he now. He's a World Cup yeah, winner. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Isn't. Hugo Lloris, another example. I think he's really like, not quite been the same goalkeeper since, since winning the World Cup. But listen, let's, let, let's stick with Ligue 1 yeah. and, and with Marseille. <laughs> Fantastic for them to have, to have Payet playing football like that. Dario Benedetto, again, didn't have his best game, but they know they've got a goal threat. We saw Bubaka Kamara again playing in that defensive midfield role, Strootman on the bench. So I think we can assume now there is a, um, you know, a clear decision. It's not just resting Kevin Strootman. Mm. It's that uh, Vias Boas, he wants to give this young centre-back, um, Bubaka Kamara, a proper run now playing defensive midfield. And he was excellent again. I think it's also because that uh, centre-back partnership of Gonzalez and Shaleta Saar is looking stronger and stronger with every game they play together. And Camera is almost too good to leave out of the team. He'll go back to centre back now with uh, Gonzalez suspended for a couple of games after the uh, the red he picked up against Leon. But it's as I said earlier with being able to take uh, bring Strutman and Jamal off the bench. Andre Villas-Boas now seems to have options. Imagine that as a Marseille coach, he actually got a selection headache, and it's. I don't know. It, it, things seem kind of positive at Marseille at the moment. Well, and that's what I was, I was it, trying it, to tell fair, you guys last week. Him. I think the expectations are, are much lower, and Vias Boas has damp. He's 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 gone out of his way really to lower those mm. expectations. And but if it's 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 him that's taken the risk to put in other players that weren't that you wouldn't necessarily think on reputation or on paper were first choice. And as soon as you make that decision to put them in the starting eleven, then obviously. Players with bigger reputations, with more experience, are on the bench, and that's where your options come from. If Strotman starts and you've got Camera on the bench, do we still think the bench is yeah. as good yeah. and there's the depth? Like, like, I mean, yeah. that, it's a it's a perception <laughs> thing as well. It's it's and also also I think the signings have been more effective because last year they were spending in excess of twenty million uh, or you know around about twenty million. There's certainly Strotman was more expensive than that. Radonjic was expensive as well, and these guys didn't really bring anything. And now you've got. Rangier, who came in for about 15 million, and Benedetto's similar price, and they've been much better signings. So whether that's Zubi Zaretta exerting more influence, uh, Rudy Garcia perhaps, perhaps having less influence, we, we don't quite know. Um, Zubi Zaretta, who was within uh, uh, apparently within a, a thread of being shown the door and, and exiting Marseille about a month ago, 
He always looks I mean, half asleep when you see him on the, on the TV the, screen. Guys, the league, the league standings are unbelievable. Marseille are second now. I mentioned that. They, they have a negative goal difference, which is just extraordinary to have a team in second place with a negative goal difference. Had Lyon won last night, Lyon would have had 19 points and would have been level with Marseille. Marseille won. Marseille second. Lyon a 14th. I mean, it is just, it, it, it is incredible how tight it is. We've talked about it. Um, in the last weeks, the facts that that the Lyon, Monaco, Marseille, even the likes of Saint-Étienne, you know, struggled in the opening weeks of the season. And it's just meant that the league table is wide open. Even Lille, very inconsistent, but they are they're They're currently in in fifth position. I mean, it, it's there for the taking for Marseille uh, in terms of a top three finish and qualifying for the Champions League. What about Lyon? What about Lyon? They they got that good win against Benfica in midweek. They're in a strong position in their Champions League group. But this is this is a blow. And of course, what people are saying this morning, particularly smug Marseille fans, they're saying, well, Rudy Garcia always loses the big matches because <laughs> he always did for them. And interestingly enough now, just briefly before we move on to Lyon, if you look at the games that Marseille have won this season, they've now beaten Lyon, Lille, Monaco, Saint-Étienne and Nice, whereas their problem used to always be not winning their big games now they can't win the small Under ones. Under Rudy Garcia. Yeah. They need yeah. well, they need Tovan back as well because he only scores. Yeah, but you're, but, but you're right. They <laughs> they they're their second having got through a very tough run of mm. matches. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's uh, what what's encouraging for them. But it also shows us that you string together a few wins and are. you can climb straight back even just three wins in a row or three out of four. Look at Nantes who've been sitting second for Ninth they've lost now. four in a row mm. now and they've dropped from I think overnight second. Yeah. Well, this weekend, from 2nd to ninth, That's how tight it is. It's great for the league. It means that the likes of Nice, who have a big project, the likes of Olympic Lyonnais, Monaco, they know, even Rennes, that despite the, the fact that they're in a rough patch, they can climb back. Should, can we talk about the, the new rivalry? Or yeah. perhaps not new, well, but over the last yeah. few mm. years of this and the drama surrounding this Marseille-Lyon clash now? Because we saw it. We've had the perfect example just a month ago of PSG versus Marseille, which was hardly a contest. Everyone on Marseille's side of the match anyway, trying to play it down to suggest mm. that, you know, it's no longer a rivalry that they shouldn't be expected to win. This match, however, and with Dimitri Payet coming out and shooting from the hip in the pre-match press conference, with all the newspapers, with everyone talking about about this match, with the, the, the drama of Rudy Garcia changing, switching camp, all of this, just making this the new big match. Is it really a big match? Like, do these does this rivalry run deep, or I is it, it a, a no, fabrication? It is. is it the media and everyone building this up? I think it's great. There was excitement before this match. Mm. It was a mm. feeling that that something could happen in this match. That I think it was they hate. I, I think they hate each other. I think the fans hate each other. I think this is a gen. I think don't think this is a, a rivalry that the media have, have fabricated. I mean, mm. PSG's emergence has meant that you, you know, Lyon and Marseille are invariably battling one another to, to get into the Champions League, mm-hmm. to be the closest rival um, to to Paris Saint-Germain. And I don't know, off the pitch, you know, Jean-Michel Olas has clearly had a bee in his bonnet about Marseille for quite some time and doesn't hesitate. You know, as, as soon as Marseille are linked with a, a, a big talent, Lyon, mm-hmm. Lyon uh, you know, <laughs> are, are in there as well. It's almost like they're just trying to annoy Marseille. Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and and I think if you if you look at recent years, there was that game a couple of years ago where they were playing basically for Champions League qualification, same fixture, Marseille Lyon, and Memphis Depay scored that late header to make yeah. it three two for Lyon, 
Marcelo yeah, with the stirred shirt up and all the fight. sorts of Anthony Lopez stuff. punching punching exactly. people uh, yeah. in the tunnel. And yeah. These sorts of incidents that you can kind of look back on a few years down the line as a, a catalyst for for real engagement in the game and real hate between two teams. I think, so. I think we've reached that stage. And the I players think... can change the coaching stuff, but the fans don't forget this sort of event either. You look mm. at, at other examples of it, the famous Arsenal-Manchester United, Matt, of the... Yeah. of the 90s and trouble in the tunnel. The fans don't forget that sort of thing. And, and probably the fans won't forget Marcelo showing his shirt to the, to the, to the Marseille fans, his, his Leon number six after that win. And perhaps the most hostile reception we've seen in recent times was, was uh, Matteo Valbuena. The little uh, yeah. when they had effigy being yeah, an effigy hung. Hanging, yeah. hanging and as if the, the, the effigy wasn't enough. They drew a little penis on the back of the effigy as well, just in case he didn't That's understand that, that he wasn't you know, welcome. Just to take it down and exactly, not short yeah, yeah, No, yeah, I think, exactly. you know, in, in the 90s, they were, I don't think there was a genuine rivalry between the clubs. I think probably in the in the noughties, when Lyon started dominating, I think Jean-Michel Olas annoyed a lot of Marseille mm. support. You know, already he had that, you know, I think if you're a Lyon fan, you love Olas because he just defends your team regardless. And he just looks at things through these uh, Lyon tinted glasses. Um, and uh, and you know Marseille consider themselves the biggest football club in France, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, that that rivalry has has got bigger and bigger. And in recent years, those games, I, I would say, Lyon Saint Etienne, Lyon Marseille are now the two biggest fixtures in Ligue 1. Um, sadly, the Marseille PSG rivalry has been diluted considerably. It will come back. Yeah, and I think it's still it's still one of the big games. I think there's still an excitement, certainly. But not to talk about PSG Marseille ahead of this match, because just one more point then on Lyon Marseille is that the fact that Paris Saint-Germain are are eight points clear after 13 matches, that that matches against them we've seen this season, both Lyon and Marseille completely outplayed when they play PSG. It means there's more pressure on Marseille and Lyon to finish in that second place. To, there's there's one less champion spot available. They are the biggest budgets after Paris Saint Germain, along with Monaco. Yeah, there's pressure be, on those three sides. They League have football. to be there. They have to be there because they have. If you take Paris Saint Germain out of the equation, you have one plus one places for the Champions League available, and they have to they have to fight tooth and nail to be there. Yeah, and of course you can throw a Monaco into the equation. If, you know, if Monaco are having a good season, then suddenly it's. And like... what happens if a Lille? Yeah, have a great season like last year. And exactly. then you have Marseille missing out completely. Leon struggled to create chances to be dangerous last night with Moussa Dembele. He got his goal, but uh, he was missing his partner in crime, Memphis Depay, who was who was ruled out with an injury. Armel, how much was that um, a miss for, for Leon? They went with Maxwell Corne and Bertrand Traore either side of, of Dembele. It's difficult to say how much they... Yeah, but Depay, is, Depay, but he's brilliant. He's class above he, he, for yeah. Leon. Well, he's he's, he's he been the, man. the the guy who's who's lifted Absolutely. them under Garcia. Dembele's yeah. the scorer, but really Memphis Depay is yeah, yeah. the the player that can make things happen. I, w- I have to say, rather than look at negatives and what may have been, Ryan Shirky really mm-hmm. impressed me when he came off the bench in the second half. Sixteen years old. Yeah. And players and fans have been waiting for him to get his chance for a little while. And you as can well. you can understand why yeah. he hasn't scored yet in a professional game. But I have to admit, I've been watching most of these videos. I see when he when he scores in the in the youth leagues and stuff, and I mean he looks incredible. Uh, it was last night, so he's playing in front of sixty five thousand people. I doubt he's done that many times before. Age sixteen, he was strong on the ball. He was looking to get forward every time he got it. Calm in possession. Mm. He he has got this sort of low center of gravity and strength. Fekir-esque 
wears the same number as well. And and the confidence, he, he, he took a free kick late on. Could have been a decisive free kick. What sort of 16-year-old... Yeah. takes a free kick yeah. at the velodrome when he's, <laughs> he's I think he's phenomenally talented what you have to hope is that he has you know a, a good head because he's on big big money already Leon had to really dig deep to convince him to sign on uh, Manchester City and I think a whole other host of clubs you know everybody knows about Ryan Cherokee in Europe in terms of the scouts yeah. like Kylian Mbappe at 13 years of age everyone yep was was chasing him that's a really nice way of putting a 16 year old down it's like yeah he was good as Kylian Mbappe <laughs> when he was 13 <laughs> no but that I mean that's the point that you know I don't think it's easy for a 16 year old to, to to be on that sort of money and to know that everybody how many leagues are there in Europe that have so many 16 17 well that's it I was going to say it's incredible now, Eduardo Camavinga celebrated his 17th birthday yeah. so we needed another 16 16 year old yeah. crack and we've got <laughs> we've got that crack does that work in english i know the french a crack use, no use crack. i don't think so what good conversation or <laughs> a... <laughs> just a hole in the wall it's been there for 16 years okay okay we're, we're we're not too worried about leon i mean i think we need to be quite worried but um 14th in the league but like you say a couple of wins to me leon but... could have leon could have you know with the red card as well leon could have grabbed something last night i don't think it's panic stations just yet the rudy garcia has a little job to do but the win against Benfica, I think, was was important as well. Rudy Garcia, we spoke a little bit about it last week. He's a he's a man motivator, and and you either have to be on board with him or you fall by the wayside. And I think that's, I mean, there are there are players that have fallen out with him, and you you don't go with him. But it, he's a man that can federate a, a dressing room, can bring a squad together, can get them all pulling in in his direction. It doesn't necessarily work over the long term. I think Rudy's. Um, career has shown that that yeah. it often ends a little bit sourly, but uh, that it can. I think it can I, work I, 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 I do like your positivity. I'd I'd be more worried. I'd be more worried just because I think he started in in a in a very negative place because a lot of Leon fans didn't want him. Um, this is true. This is true. And, but in and, terms and he's, of the squad, and he's just lost were... them, and he's just lost the first big grudge match. And you say, yeah, they could have they could have got something when when Marseille had ten men. Marseille had ten men for half of the uh, game almost. And they didn't get something. And people will be looking yeah. at that and looking at the way he managed the second half. So, you know, we'll see. I hope for Leon's sake, Robbie, you are, you are right. But I have my doubts and I like to have the last word. As they ever. are three <laughs> points off fifth place only. So, as well, to look at purely at the facts. Although I do take your, take your point. He also, let's not forget, picked four, up a side. Four points was, above second bottom as well. Exactly. He picked up a side after the post-Sylvigno side that was in all sorts of disarray as well. 